Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. So, John chapter 20, and uh, look with me, starting at verse 11. John chapter 20, starting with verse 11. I've actually had this word for several weeks, and we started the, the thing about testimonies and stuff like that, and so it just never worked out for me to, to deliver this word. And so this week I was praying, and I knew and I know that Holy Spirit said, today I want you to release this word. I believe it's a prophetic word, uh, but I also believe that it's a word for for uh, a lot of us that are here today. It's one that I have never preached on this scripture. I've never preached uh, on this topic, but several weeks ago I was I was reading and, and praying, and this the, the Lord just began to deal with me about it. So in John chapter 20, uh, begin with verse 11, uh, and, and also I want to tell you that this is going to kick off for the next uh, few weeks, as long as the Lord leads, we're going to be really focusing and talking and teaching and preaching on the work of Holy Spirit, the power of Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. Uh, McCullough, I want to, I, I believe, prophetically declare to you this morning that there's a shift that has already begun to take place. There's a, there's a turning at McCullough Christian Center. Uh, and and it's a spiritual thing, but it's affecting people. So I want you to get ready for what God is doing. Uh, this church was birthed out of the Southern Baptist Church. We were Southern Baptist years ago. Holy Spirit came and moved, and, and many of you uh, are here this morning that that was here. There's a few of you that remember what what it was like uh, in the old facility. But we started out as a Southern Baptist church, and God began to move. The power of Holy Spirit began to move in the body of Christ. God began to uh, people began to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, they began to. Uh, shout, experience the gifts of the Spirit. And it wasn't man-made or anything. It was just a move of God. And, and, and I remember, and I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to get there, but I remember Judy and myself, mainly Judy, were youth pastors. As a matter of fact, uh, Judy and myself were the first youth pastors McCullough Baptist Church had ever had. And, and we, were, we were youth pastors. I was just a tag along. Judy was the pastor. All right. And so, uh, but I remember we had a youth gathering at the old church, and, and we were in the, in the fellowship hall cleaning up after all the kids that had eaten and all of that, and we were in the fellowship hall cleaning up. The kids went in the sanctuary. And I'm talking about a bunch of kids that had never been around Pentecost, 
They, do, they knew nothing about Pentecost, knew nothing about the gifts of the Spirit or anything like that, but they went in the sanctuary and they had had a disagreement and had a little argument, and so they got in the sanctuary and began to, to ask each other to forgive them. They were sorry for what they said and all of that. The next thing that we know, we hear a bunch of crying and, and weeping and speaking in tongues, and we walk in the sanctuary, and there's about 20 or 25 teenagers that are in the sanctuary that are speaking in an unknown language with tears coming down their face, with their hands lifted up, that nobody had ever taught them that. Nobody had ever said, you got to do this and all of that. But it just broke out. There was a move of the power of God. The anointing of God's spirit began to move. And listen, we saw revival. But the reason I said that is we uh, are, are here now. And there's been a struggle and there's been a battle for years and years for a breakover because we, we've, been we've been tied to the past and we've said we thought we was like that and we've been tied to the past, the past doctrine, the past worship and things like that and all of that. But listen, I'm prophetically declaring to you this morning that there's about to be a shift. There's about to be a line of demarcation that God is going to draw and there won't be any more question about who you are and what you believe and what you stand for because they're going to come from the north, south, east and west because they're not coming for a doctrine. They're not coming for a man-made religion, but they're coming because they have heard that there's bread in the house and there's a move of God that's going on and they're coming. They're going to come and running to the altar. I declare that this morning in the name of Jesus. Just get ready for it. And listen, I say that because I want you to understand that there perhaps will be things that might take place in the midst of our service that you've not seen it like that before. But I want you to remember that Holy Spirit is working. If he's not working, I'll shut him down. But if he's working, I'm going to stand back and watch him work. All right. Calm down, Pastor. John chapter 20, and I want to begin reading with verse 11. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping, and, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And she saw two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? And she said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know, I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and, and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Verse 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. 
There's nobody can call your name like Jesus. Amen. Jesus said unto her, Mary, and she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, and I want you to notice verse 17 because that's where we're going to be coming from. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Father, thank you today for your word. Ask you to let your spirit move. Let the word penetrate us today. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. And everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want you to look at verse 17 this morning. King James Version says this, that Jesus said, don't touch me. He said, touch Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to the Father. But I began to study that. For some reason, the Holy Spirit just drew my attention to those words, touch me not. And so I began to study them, began to do a little research on it. And, and one of the versions that I use a lot is the English Standard Version. And I opened it up and I looked at this statement that Jesus had said, in the English Standard Version, and it says this, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Listen, because you and I are, for the most part, creatures of habit, we get in a certain routine of things, and and we get in a certain mode of doing things, and it becomes a habit. Somebody said that you can create a habit in 28 days. I don't know. I think you can create habits sooner than that. But, but we get in habits to where we're, we're doing things, and, and, uh, and it becomes a habit or a routine. And most of us are like that. We're by nature like that. How many of you get up every morning and you got a certain uh, certain thing that you do every morning when you get up? Come on, confess before the Lord. He knows your heart. You got a certain way of you get up and, and you stumble. Uh, I, I thought about it this morning. I got out of bed and walked to the bathroom and opened my eyes. And I, I thought about, man, I, I didn't even open my eyes when I got out of bed. I just stumbled to the bathroom. But, but we do things and it becomes a habit. We get up in the morning, we get a cup of coffee. We always do that. You do that every day. I don't do that because I don't drink coffee. But, but some of you do that religiously. You do it every day. You get out of bed, you get that cup of coffee. And the world knows if you don't. But we get, we're creatures of habit. But let me tell you this, that one of, the, one of the greatest obstacles to personal and corporate revival is the inability to recognize and flow with the changing of the tide. Because there are times when God says, I've done it like this before, but what I'm about to do now is going to be different. 
I moved like this yesterday, but I'm moving in a different way. It's not that, that God is different. It's just that God deals with people differently many times. But because we are creatures of habit, we think that God is going to do it the same way. We get a cookie, a cookie cutter idea about what God is going to do. And if God ever changes or, 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 or fluctuates away from that, then we question and we wonder, God, what is going on? Bear with me, okay? We go, we go to churches and we go, we get involved in different churches and, and different denominational structures and, and, and we get uh, in a habit of doing things and, and we get that cookie cutter relationship with God. And then uh, we, we change churches. Perhaps you come to McCullough and, and, and listen, can I tell you something this morning? And I say this with love, but if it wasn't working where you came from, then it's not going to work like that here. God is wanting to do something different. God is wanting to do something that you have not experienced. If he could have done it out there a year ago or two years ago, then you would have still been there. But he couldn't do it there. And so he said, I've got to get you in a place you see there's a new wind blowing. There's a different tide that's moving. And God is saying, I want to do something different. I've got to get you away from your uh, man ideas, your, your established traditions and all of that. And I want you to understand there's a new wind blowing. So I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that we're not trying to make anybody do anything, but, but understand the norm is going to be worship. Understand that the norm is going to be people lifting their hands, exalting the Father. Understand that the norm is that you're going to hear people speak in an unknown language. Understand the norm that you're going to see people around the altar worshiping and crying and calling out to Jesus. Listen, so the changing of the tide, things, God is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something different. It's the same spirit, same power, and same anointing, but God's saying, I'm doing something different. But listen, because of our human nature, so many times we have trouble making the shift. We have trouble making the change. We have trouble with transition. Transition is not comfortable. Transition is not easy many times, but there's a transition. So here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, by holding on to what was, stifles our ability to celebrate what is and blinds us from seeing what will be. Now, I want to explain that to you. Jesus has risen from the dead. Jesus has walked the earth. He's been on the earth for 33 years and a few days. For three years, he's been in ministry. 
and has been walking among his disciples. Mary Magdalene, the one that Jesus was talking to and turned around and said, Mary. Mary Magdalene was one that was delivered of seven demons. Jesus had cast seven devils out of her. We don't know her past, but we know that she was delivered from demonic control. She had been walking with Jesus. She had been there when Jesus worked miracles. She had seen the signs and wonders. Anytime she wanted to, she could reach out and touch Jesus. If she had a question, she could go say, Jesus, tell me about this. You understand what I'm saying? It's a different relationship. Jesus was personable to her. She could touch him. She could talk to him. She could communicate with him. She could look in his eyes and she could hear his voice and and all of these things. And so the crucifixion, the death on the cross shifted that. And in her natural mind, she was thinking, I'll never see him again. I'll never be able to touch him again. But the resurrection happened. And so Mary, ladies, y'all order, you're talking about women's rights. Women's right came through a man, but his, his name was Jesus. Mary was the first one there to find out that Jesus wasn't in the tomb anymore. But I want you to notice what happened. When Jesus looked at her and said, Mary, and she turned around and recognized that that was Jesus, automatically her mind goes back to the past because she had always grabbed him. She had always touched him. She had always been able to talk to him. She had always been able to hear his voice. She had always been able uh, to, she probably even knew how he smelled. She knew that. And when Jesus said Mary, she turned around and automatically goes back to that old way and she reaches out and she grabs a hold to him. She grabs him. Now, many people think that Jesus was standing there and Mary just fell at his feet and grabbed him around the, uh, the knees. I don't know. But here's the thing. Jesus looked at her and said, Mary, don't cling to me. And I began to look at that. And I believe that what Jesus was saying is this, because he said, I've not yet ascended to my Father. I believe that Jesus was saying, Mary, there's a change in the tide. You gotta let me go. Because what you did yesterday. And how you held on to me, Mary, I'm changing. I'm about to make a transition. 
you're trying to hold on to the relationship that we had yesterday. You're trying to hold on and maintain that same connection that we had a few days ago. But Mary, I'm about to ascend to my Father and you're not going to be able to see this body and you're not going to be able to reach out and touch me anymore. You're not going to be able to look at me in the eyeballs and all of that anymore, Mary. There's a change. There's a shift that's about to happen. And God began to speak to my heart and he said, I want you to tell people that they've been holding on to some things from the past, but God said there's a shift that's about to happen. There's a transition that's about to take place and you need to let go of some things from the past. Some of you have been holding on to relationships from yesterday and God is saying you need to let it go. Some of you have been holding on to ideas and opinions from yesterday and God is saying you need to let it go. Some of you have been holding on to this thing that you think God's got to move in a cookie cutter fashion and God is saying you need to let it go. Look at your neighbor and say it's a new day. Listen, I was thinking this morning about Abraham. You know Abraham. Had a wife named Sarah. Had a son named Isaac. But the Bible says that there was a day that God spoke to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac and I want you to go up on the Mount of Moriah. Mount Moriah, by the way, means God has chosen. He said, I want you to take him up on Mount Moriah. And I want you to offer him to me. And we all think, my goodness, how gory and how terrible that is that the God of heaven would look at somebody and say, I want you to lay your son down on an altar and offer him to me. How many of you know God never wastes his breath? God never wastes a moment. There's not one step that you take that's wasted when you're walking in the Spirit. There's not one decision that's wasted when you're walking in the Spirit. Because if you will walk under the anointing and walk under the power of the Spirit, God said, I will guide your steps. I will teach you what you need to say. I will reveal what you need to know. And I will make my way known to you. There is, listen, you haven't messed up. You haven't had there was no accident what happened to you God said I've got you in the palm of my hand I've been walking with you and talking with you and leading you all the way Abraham take your son up on the mountain Abraham took his son up there placed him on the altar bound him hand and foot and and all of that and, and drew the knife back and was about to take Isaac's life and God stopped him God said, Abraham, Abraham, don't hurt your son. Somebody said if it had been a woman, God would have only spoke one time. Lucy, don't do that. But since it was a man and they're hard-headed, he had to speak twice. I guess this should have been Mother's Day, huh, Brother Jack? 
what was the purpose of that? God was speaking to Abraham, I'm about to make a shift in some things, but I've got to get priority right with you. And you've got to get priority right with me. In order for me to move forward and to do what I want to do in your life and make you the father of many nations, I've got to establish and you've got to establish some priority in your life. Because right now I'm concerned more about the fact that that child is more important to you than relationship with me. And God is saying I want you to set him on the altar and I want to establish that priority. Not only do I want to establish that priority with you, Abraham, but I want hell to know that when the devil sees Isaac laying on the altar, that the devil will run back and say, hey, I want to let you know that Abraham has laid his Isaac down before the throne of God, and there's nothing that we can do to stop it. You see, there has to be established priorities in our lives. There has to be a time in our life when we recognize that what God, listen, that's where Mary was. Jesus was saying, Mary, I enjoyed the three years that I was ministering with you. I enjoyed the time that we had. I enjoyed the fellowship that we had. I enjoyed the miracles and the signs and wonders, and it was beautiful, and it was awesome, Mary. And I remember the day that I was sitting on a rock uh, on, on a mountain, and I shared with you uh, the, the Beatitudes and all that, Mary. I remember the day that I stood on the shores of Galilee, and I shared with you about my Father and his love for you, Mary those were special times those were sweet times those were times that will never be forgotten but Mary there's a shift that's about to happen and I know Mary that you're wondering why am I leaving why you won't be able to reach out and touch me like you did yesterday why Mary that you won't be able to connect with me like you did a few weeks ago why is it Mary that we won't be able to sit and have sweet communion together don't cling to me literally what Jesus was saying was Mary let go let go of me, Mary, because, because what I am about to do, Mary, if I can paraphrase a little bit, I, I, it, would, it would probably be like Jesus looked at Mary and said, Mary, you know how the world is, you know. You know how religion is, Mary. They don't really like women preachers and they don't really like women, you know, women supposed to be in the background. You know, you know how they're, I'm talking, this is Mary, all right? all right. And Jesus looked at Mary and said, Mary, you know how it is. Uh, you know the times when me and Peter and John and, and, and we had to go up on the mountain and, and, and you couldn't go with us, Mary. And I was sep we were separated and you didn't know what I was saying. You didn't. You remember that, Mary? We were, we were separated. Even though we were on the same earth, we were still separated. I'm preaching to this section right here for some reason. But you understand, Mary, that, that even though we were on earth together, there were times when we wasn't together. 
And in those times that we wasn't together, Mary, you, you, uh, you didn't have that connection with me and, and, and you couldn't touch me and all of that. You remember that, Mary? And, and probably Mary says, yes, I remember uh, that every time that, that we would get separated and all that, I would, I would look forward to the next moment that we could be together and I could hear you talk about the Father. Jesus said, Mary, understand that you've got to let me go because what I am about to do we will never ever listen to me we will never ever 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 be separated ever again But if you keep on clinging, you're going to miss out on what I'm doing tomorrow. If you keep on holding on to that that was yesterday, you're going to miss out on what I am about to do today. If you keep on holding on, well, God don't work like that. Well, pastor, you, you, you're talking to somebody else. You ain't talking about me. Well, I just don't know about that bunch over at McCullough. They're just kind of weird and crazy. I think I'm going to find me another church to go to because they're not as weird acting as they are over there. Listen, everybody's not going to come to McCullough, but I think they should. I'm going to just be honest with you. You don't need me lying up in here. Brother Jack, I think everybody ought to come. Got me and Brother Jackson agreement. The rest of you don't matter. Listen, we have so many things in our lives that hold us back, that hinder us, our hang ups, our mess ups. And all those things hold us back. I'm not good enough. I've done this and God can't use me. I've been there and God can't bless me. I'm this or I'm that, I'm, I'm other ways or I'm up or down, I'm in or out. And, and all these things are things that hold us back. And what God is saying this morning, ladies and gentlemen, is you've got to stop clinging to the things that God is saying, I am trying to move out of your life. Sometimes the things that God is trying to get out of our lives are the things that cause us the most pain and we will scream and holler, but God, I love this and I want to hold on to it. It's precious to me. I, I, I can't sleep without it. And God is saying, quit clinging to it and let it go because I am wanting to do something that will blow your mind on what I'm about to do next. Think about this, and I'm going to close in a few minutes. But think about this. Think about it. If Jesus, if or let's just put it like this, if Mary had held on to Jesus, 
And she could have stopped him from ascending to the Father. You know what would be happening? You and I would have been hopping on a plane, flying to Jerusalem, and standing in line for hours and hours and hours just to get to touch Jesus. You didn't get that. I'm going to have to repeat it. Because Jesus was one man. He was the Son of God. He was God incarnate. He was the Son of the living God. There is, no, there is only one Jesus. There is not many Jesuses. There is not another Jesus. You cannot create another one. There was only one Jesus. If he had not ascended back to the Father, then you and I on Sunday morning would have been in Jerusalem, Israel, standing in line. What you waiting on? I'm waiting. I just want to touch Jesus. Uh, he's about three miles down that line there, but I'm going to wait here until I can touch him. But Jesus had multiplication on his mind. And what he was telling Mary, Mary, let me go. Let me go. Don't cling to me. Because I've not yet ascended to my Father. But here's the thing. But when I do ascend to my Father... I'm going to send back Holy Spirit. He is not going to be another spirit. He's going to be the same as I. And I'm going to send him back. This is what the Lord began to deal with me about. Guys, and I'm not going to take the time to go into all of this. But here's the thing. The Lord spoke very strongly to me and said, be careful of those things that you cling to because you might be hindering what I'm wanting to do that is greater. In order for greatness to come, I must let go of my yesterday. In order for God to do the work in your life, sir, that you so much need him to do. You've got to abandon your yesterday. You've got to realize that yesterday is gone, but tomorrow has promise of greatness. And you've got to realize that in order for God to do the work in your life, you've got to let go of those yesterdays. Doesn't matter how bad they hurt you. Doesn't matter how messed up you are. Doesn't matter. You have to let it go because there's a transition coming. Jesus was in the middle of transition from the earth to the throne. But he had to do that in order for what was around the throne to come back to earth. And today we're celebrating what came back to the earth. Today we're celebrating the fact <clears throat> that Holy Spirit descended 
Mm. Jesus ascended and the Holy Spirit descended. And now he lives inside of us, abiding in us, empowering us. Would you stand with me, please, all over the building? I'm going to ask the worship team to come if they will. I've got some other stuff that I want to share, but I'm, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to hold you up on that. Maybe we can get that next time. But there's so much in that passage of Scripture that tells us there was a transition that was taking place. Let me ask you this this morning. Is there a transition that God's wanting to do in your life? Is God wanting to do something in your life? Is he wanting to change some things in your life? Let me, let me say this. We've got baptism coming up here in just a few minutes. And I understand that, that sometimes you have to leave. But guys... We're baptizing people because their lives have been changed. If you get mad at me, you can email me or text me or call me, whatever. But I'm telling you this morning, celebrate this with these people. It's not time to walk out. It's not dismissal. So celebrate this baptism with these that are going to be baptized this morning. So if you're going to be baptized this morning, I want you to go on back, get ready, meet me at the stage in the gym, and we'll, we'll get started on the bapt baptismal service. Amen. Everybody say, we love you, Pastor. But here we are. We're going to baptize this morning, <clears throat> but I want to ask you today, and, I, and I'm, we're about to, they're going to lead us in a worship. But I'm going to ask the prayer team, if you guys, some of you on the prayer team, if you guys would just come to the front. And I want to ask you a question this morning. Is God trying to do, make a change in your life? Is God trying to make some shifts in your life? Is God trying to get you to turn a different way? Maybe to go a different route? I don't know what that turn is. But I can tell you this. You'll never have joy and you'll never have peace until you follow what God is wanting to do in your life. So this morning... I'm going to ask you, as they sing today, as they worship this morning, I'm going to ask you, if you will, to be honest with God and say, yes, God's trying to make a shift in my life. God's trying to turn me in a different way, and I've been holding on to some things. I've been clinging to some things that I need to let go of. But I'm going to lay them down, Pastor. I'm laying them down today, and I'm coming to Jesus. And I'm going to give him control of my life. If that's you this morning, as they, as they sing today, this altar is open.